This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Here, meet again. Don't know where, don't know when. But I know we'll meet again some sunny day. Keep smiling through. Just like you always do Till the blue skies chase those dark clouds Far away And I will just say hello To the folks that you know Tell them you won't be long They'll be happy to know That as I Welcome back. Today, of course, marks a momentous anniversary, 75 years since D-Day. The fighting eventually came to an end after the liberation of Paris on August 25th. Captain Martin Maxwell is one of those soldiers that partook in the D-Day campaign. He was born in Vienna, and he would later move to Great Britain and volunteer in the army. And he joins us now. Welcome, Captain Maxwell. Thank you. So, uh, I I don't even know where to start. Well, I just heard that beautiful song by Vera Lynn. You remember, We'll Meet Again? Yes. (laughs) I have to recall one thing to do with that. I was in Holland for the 70th anniversary of their liberation. Ten years ago, over 10,000 of us went. Uh, This time we were only 75, but over 200,000 people lined the streets to thank us. And when the event at the big sports palace was over, and the queen left and we followed her out. They played this beautiful song, and everybody stood up, and we knew that this was our last parade, that we will not be there for the 75th. That's what reminded me the song. Well, there are still quite a few veterans who are there for the 75th, but... The this... 75th, uh, not of the liberation of Holland. That was the liberation. The 75th liberation of Holland is next year. I, I'm referring to the, to this 75th. Oh, yes, sure. It yeah, is um, yeah. much more poignant because yes, the feeling yes. is that yes. that there will not be a lot of veterans at the next big anniversary yeah, of D-Day, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is considered to be the beginning of the end of the war. Tell me That's how you right. felt on that on that day, you were with the RAF Glider Pilot Regiment. Well, my D-Day started not on the 6th, but on the 5th, because the general came in and said, boys, this is it. We have trained for it for ages. 
Remember the firebombing of London done on purpose to kill as many civilians as possible. It's our turn. And the six gliders lined up. I was piloting one of them, and we carried between us about 140-odd specially trained commandos. Our target was Pegasus Bridge in Normandy. So the Germans couldn't send reinforcements and our troops wouldn't have to fight on two fronts. So late in the afternoon, as it was getting dark, we took off and we had to capture Pegasus Bridge and hold them. Unfortunately for us, we were not allowed to use revolvers or guns because it would have woken up the nearby garrisons. So at the age of 19 or 20, we had to use our knives and our bayonet. For years after, I, I, I thought of it and I had real trouble doing it, but I know we had to do it. And did you lose colleagues? Yes, unfortunately we did. And I, I, I want to, if I may, go back when I visited uh, Holland two years ago and I went to the cemetery and I saw many of those who fought with me and D-Day lying there after we fought at a battle of Arnhem. But as I walked around the cemetery, a man came and he had three children with him. And he said, I brought my three children, eight to 14, to show them what sacrifices were needed and made so that we Dutch and others have their freedom. As I walked further, I came, the Dutch children had put flowers and thank you. I came to a grave. Written on the gravestone were these amazing words. When you go home, tell them of us and say, for you tomorrows, we gave our todays. And that brought me up to date. I don't know what you wrote my, read my article in the Toronto Star, but I said, I look at the world today and I see mosques, churches, synagogues attacked, people murdered just for hate. And I often wondered if these young men would get up and look at the world today, I know what they would say. What the hell have you done with the tomorrows we gave you? But I have hope because I speak a lot to universities, high schools, and I say to them, there's so few of us left. So we'll transfer the torch of freedom to your generation. Hold it high so others can see how precious it is. And if ever you're called on to fight for it, do it with everything you have. Because once it is lost, it's almost impossible to get back. Captain, it, Ma- took us, it took us five years and millions of dead and wounded. And I said, God bless our country, Canada, and God bless each one of us. Captain Maxwell, yes. your history is particularly poignant. You're Jewish, and That's you right. escaped Vienna. On the kinder transport. On the kinder transport. That's right. Yes. And you spent the war in England. 
Yes, a yeah. wonderful family adopted me because my parents died when I was 11 years old. And how old were you? I what? was, uh, when I joined the Army, 17 and 6 months. And and when you left Vienna? I left Vienna 14. So you were very lucky to get a spot on that. Yes, I was. Well, one of the reasons was because we were orphans. My parents had died. Terrible times, but it's important that our young people now learn about them. And they do. They're very interested. I was asked to speak to journalism school at Centennial College. And I said to I said to them, "You are going to be journalists. Don't be politicians. Just be journalists. If you want to talk politics, become a politician. You, as a journalist, have to report what's happening. Make sure it's correct, so you don't have to apologize." And they really appreciated that. Okay. And yeah. I tell you this: I have spoken for thirty years in so many countries. And thank you. I was so happy to have chosen Canada. It really is a great, great country. We've been talking to Captain Martin Maxwell, who was an RAF glider pilot on D-Day. Now I'd like to bring in Dr. Graham Broad from King's University College and Dr. Jeffrey Hayes from the University of Waterloo. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks so much for being with us. Hi, thanks for having us. So when you see these very uh, emotional and elaborate commemorations of the 75th anniversary, does it strike you that uh, the way we tell these stories is, is about to change fundamentally because of the dwindling, dwindling number of veterans? Jeff, go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Graham. Uh, Graham and I have these conversations all the time, and 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 it's amazing to me how uh, how in some ways it's almost the reverse. As as uh, Captain Maxwell referred by by seeing a family in a cemetery, it's uh, you're, you're seeing a, a lot of younger people, a lot of younger generations in Europe, but also in Canada, who appreciate uh, and who are trying to discover, I suppose, for the first time. Uh, the idea of why so many young Canadian kids are buried in a place like Benny sur mer or at Brettville-sur-Lays in Normandy. So there are enormous numbers of, of opportunities now that Professor Broad and I have been a part of to, to take kids, uh, to take people of different generations beyond the veterans, the children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren of veterans, mm-hmm. to see these places and then understand something about what they did. Yeah, I would agree with that entirely. I mean, I'm taking my own class of students over there next year uh, from King's, and and there's a tremendous amount of interest uh, and reverence uh, for the generation that fought the World War, uh, World Wars. And if anything, in the last 20 years, we've seen a huge upsurge in interest. Mm -hmm. Can I can, can I can I just make one point? Am I yeah. just a pessimist? Because I keep reading things like surveys which show you know big percentages of millennials who don't know what the Holocaust is, mm. certainly don't know what D Day is. Am I just reading the bad headlines? Can I cut in here? Sure. Okay, I have been speaking for thirty years, both about the Holocaust but especially about military career. I find that my son's generation were not that interested. 
Now when I speak, like in Centennial College or universities or York private school, the interest is enormous. Over a thousand students turn out and they are particularly interested. And I got so many emails from them thanking me for, you know, and telling them the background. And I, I, the other day I was walking somewhere and a young man came over to me and said, you spoke to my class 15 years ago and I'm a lawyer now. And I always wanted to tell you how much I appreciated your speech because now I understand all the sacrifices were made that I and others can live in freedom. Well, so I'm very optimistic. That's very, very good to hear. Uh, Dr. Graham Broad, um, so you're optimistic as well. I'm glad to hear that. I am. I, I think, I mean, we all see those uh, poll results that show poor knowledge of history, but that's actually always been the case. That's, that's not a new phenomenon. Um, what I'm encouraged by is, is that there actually seems to be a, a growing number of young people who are interested uh, in the history of, of the World Wars, who are interested in Canadian history, and they're invested in it and engaged in it in a way that we might not have seen 20 or, or 25 years ago. Yeah, um, right. In particular, my students are interested in the fact that so many people their age um, suffered and sacrificed during the wars. Yeah, it's very, very hard uh, to imagine. I don't want to stray from the war and, and the scholarship of the war, but there are many people who believe that the accord of liberal democracies Everything that came out of the war is uh, fraying, if not falling mm. apart now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I do a lot of speaking in the U.S., and I'm rather sad to see what is happening there. I don't care whose side it is, who does it. I have never seen such actual hatred between the two sides, and that really disturbs me. <laughs> I say to them, you have different opinions, but at least shake hands and discuss it. You're all Americans. It doesn't happen. I've actually been at events where almost fistfights broke out, and I'm very disturbed about that. Thankfully, we live in a much more different country. Dr. Hayes, do you think that the commemoration of D-Day of something like this can kind of bring us back to, again, the post-war consensus alliance of the liberal democracies? I think it, it has always been, uh, well, it hasn't always been. So I think that what we have to do is to keep developing an informed memory. Um, I've always been slightly ambivalent about commemorative practice because I, I think if there's no informed sense of what it is that we're commemorating, then it becomes an empty exercise in a kind of uh, public ritual. But, you know, there's so we really do have to be careful uh, about how we commemorate things. And it does seem to me that that this is an ap appropriate time that that. Uh, you know, it's a it, it's an important moment for a couple of reasons. When we see the leaders of Western Europe and of North America coming together, it's a, it's a powerful reminder. For instance, in this time, as yeah. as Captain Maxwell's alluding to, in which the Americans are 
seemingly pulling away from the Western alliance that was such a powerful part of the, the world that I grew up in. And it's a it's a good reminder of, you know, the uh, having President uh, Trump go to Omaha Beach and see what American soldiers did. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 I think it's become over the years, certainly with Ronald Reagan and uh, with other presidents, Clinton and so on. There's a kind of interesting way in which that commemoration reminds Americans uh, who will often go and uh, become involved in misadventures about about what that whole alliance meant in Europe. So for us, I think it's important. It's also important, I think, to see somebody like Angela Merkel there, uh, yeah. that this idea that the, the war was about liberating Germany is, is, I think, a powerful notion in Germany, which has, of course, become a very, very uh, central, uh, concrete anchor for, the, for, for Europe. And to, I was there last month with students, and it's remarkable in a place like Berlin, where commemorative discussions go on all the time, informed commemorative discussions about about the Holocaust, about the nature of the Nazi regime, about the role that Germany has played and, and hopefully will continue to play within Europe. So these are really important events, I hope, that, that send messages that I hope that are going out to Western leaders, but also to people as well, who somehow think that these things aren't relevant to the present day. Can I just say something? Please. I spoke this morning at City Hall, and the German ambassador came over to me and thanked me. And I said, we're a different Germany. And I told him, you are right. This is a different Germany. But I'll tell you about the interest. I was asked to speak in Aurelia, the head office of the Ontario Provincial Police. <laughs> I was shocked to hear that 9,000 police officers listened to me. Where, where would you ever get that <laughs> unless there's interest? I spoke at a huge hall, and it was uh, uh, televised all around Ontario, and I got a letter thanking me from so many that I brought their attention to what happened in the second world. These many of them were recruits. And I speak at Cape Borden often to the new recruits. And they are interested, I can tell you that. Uh, we are starting to run out of time. Okay, Doc- anything Doc- you ask me. Dr. Broad, uh, do you think that these ceremonies communicate the message that not to take our way of life for granted? Well, I hope so. I, I, mean, I share some of Dr. Hayes' concerns that um, people have to get beyond just a superficial level of commemoration and actually understand what happened uh, during the wars. So, for example, we put enormous emphasis on D-Day, but it's often forgotten that D-Day was just the first day of the Battle of Normandy, which lasted for another three months and was a a very long and and destructive battle in which 5,000 Canadians were killed, 200,000 Allied soldiers were killed or wounded. Um, so our commemorative events have to be situated in a, in a broader understanding. And I think for students, they need to both read about what's happening, and then they need to ideally go over and actually, actually see uh, the places uh, where the war occurred, the approximate difference between reading about a place and going and visiting a place as a traveler.
Can I say something to you? Yes, we're giving you the last word. Both of you gentlemen would like me to come and speak to your school. I'd be delighted to do it. Well, thank you, Captain Maxwell. Okay, Captain Maxwell, I'm going to give you the last 30 seconds. Okay. All I say is this. God bless this great country that we live in, and God bless each one of us. We are fortunate to live here. Okay, I think that says it all. Thank you so much, Captain Martin Maxwell, also Dr. Graham Broad, and Dr. Jeffrey Hayes. I appreciate it. And, uh, and thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, and uh, yes, let's all remember what a wonderful country we live in. And that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today, people. Free for All Friday is coming up. And if I couldn't get to your calls about your experience of the wars, I see uh, there were Carls who want to thank Captain Martin Maxwell for joining us and, of course, for his service. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.